We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you, Jay, and hello, friends. It is good having you join us today. And on this special day, we get to ask the most important question. It was asked many years ago by an individual who was in dire straits with his life, and it was very important to him. That question, what must I do to be saved? It was important in Acts the 16th chapter in verse 30, and it is important to us today. We find the answer in Acts 16, and we can find and know that same answer today from the same source, the Holy Bible. But first, concerning this question, questions are important, but so are the answers. Do you have questions you would like to hear discussed on the International Gospel Hour? Maybe you've read a text that has prompted some thought. We would gladly consider your question for a future broadcast. Please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and send us your question. We appreciate all of our listeners, and we thank you for your interest in spiritual things. So once again, please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com and send us your question, and we will be glad to consider it for a future broadcast. And now, concerning the question, What Must I Do to Be Saved?, Let's go to the lesson text of Acts, the 16th chapter, beginning with verse 30, and we're going to read through verse 34. Speaking of the jailer, and Paul and Silas were in the jail, the Bible says in verse 30, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Notice verse 30, and again our question. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Let's break down the greatest question that a man could ask. The word what? It is a question. Must means no other choice. It's got to be done. I, that makes it personal. Blame no one else. The word do? Well, there is action. There is a change and a decision to be made. The word to means to aim toward or to accomplish the fact. The word be, a total change, unlike before, and the word saved, total opposite of lost, a life that is now set for Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved? I'd like for us to think about four phrases as we begin. The word, or rather the phrase, they said in verse 31, they spake in verse 32, He took, verse 33, and rejoiced in verse 34. Let's consider the question, 
What must I do to be saved? Verse 31 says, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Well, this, friends, he heard. He asked a question, and here is the answer. But he kept listening. In Matthew 15, verse 10, Jesus called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. In John 6.45, Jesus said, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. So, dear friends, there's understanding what we hear and learning of what we hear. Concerning the man who was born blind that Christ healed in John 9.35 and 36, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? In Acts 8, verses 30 and 31, we find the account of Philip and the eunuch. When Philip ran thither to him, that is the eunuch, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. In Acts 22 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, was telling the story of his conversion. And Paul was recorded as saying, And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. Notice what the apostles, rather Paul and Silas, said unto the man. They said, and he heard what they said. But there also took some understanding. And there also was a need of not only hearing, but learning. To hear that we might believe. And what we are to do when the Lord speaks to us. This he heard. And they said, Believe on Christ. In John 8.24, the Bible says, For if you believe that not that I am He, you shall die in your sins. And John 20.30 and 31, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Nobody can doubt the importance of hearing what God instructs man to believe. Nobody can doubt the importance of believing concerning one's salvation. But, dear friends, we submit to you that this account does not stop at verse 31. Yes, they said, but in verse 32, listen. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Not only did they say, but now they continue to say. He had to keep hearing, and like the man born blind, the jailer needed to know more in order to believe. And what word of the Lord had been heard previously? When they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house, well, they need to know what to do in order to believe it and to obey. How about repentance of sin? 
The word of the Lord had been said previously in Luke 13, verse 3. Jesus Christ said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And he repeated it once again in verse 5. In Acts 2 and verse 38, several chapters before, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Dear friends, the word of the Lord had spoken about repentance of sin. May we submit to you that the word of the Lord had spoken of confession of Jesus Christ. In Matthew ten thirty-two and 33, Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. When we see Jesus instructing and teaching the importance of confessing him before men, then we need to set up. We don't need to deny him. We need to confess him. We find it interesting that there were individuals in the New Testament who believed on Christ, but that was as far as they went. Dear friends, do you suppose that would have been acceptable? Allow the Bible to answer. In John the 12th chapter, verses 42 and 43, the Bible says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, dear friends, please notice that the chief rulers believed on him. Was that not the word said in verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? But however, these chief rulers failed to confess Christ. May we ask a question? Since Jesus said, if we do not confess him before men, he cannot confess us before his Father. If these chief rulers believed on him, but they failed to confess him, then, dear friends, here is our question. Were the chief rulers acceptable because of their faith only? The Scripture does not teach that. For after all, when they failed to confess him, it's because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And the praise of God would have been upon them if they would have believed and confessed. In that belief, there is a confession. In Acts 8 and verse 37, Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We see the importance of confession based upon one's faith in Christ Jesus. And obviously, the importance of repentance. The word of the Lord had been spoken previously of these matters, and they were spoken again. If these words were spoken before, no doubt they would have been spoken afterward. They said, and then the verses continue in verse 32, they spake. At times like this, we do consider Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10, to where Paul told the church at Rome, who were already Christians, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Paul continues to elaborate, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, 
and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, dear friends, believing unto righteousness, not quite there yet. Confession is made unto salvation, not quite there yet. And in verses 11 and following from Romans 10, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, dear friends, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we find the very words in verse 21 when Peter was preaching, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We'll hold to that thought for just a moment. But dear friends, let us not miss verse 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine house. But verse 32, They spake unto him to the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And when we see what word of the Lord had been taught, and what they had heard previously concerning their salvation, nothing would have changed in teaching to the jailer and his household. Good friends, let us pause here. What must I do to be saved is the most important question. The word of the Lord must be spoken so it can be understood. You know, we have been greatly encouraged in receiving requests for our free home Bible studies at the International Gospel Hour. May we help you in your study of God's Word, in your study and understanding thereof. Again, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail, so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Just call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, address, and just simply say, I want the home study. That's it. That's all you need to do. Again, just call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, your address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the contact tab and leave us the same information. Your name, address, and just type, please send the home study. And we'll send it as soon as possible. Again, that's the internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the contact tab and leave us the same information, your name, address, and just type, Please send the home study. We want to encourage all of our listeners to continue their study of the Word of God in between our broadcast, and we hope today that as we study this most important question, they will help you in your search for the answer. All right, dear friends, we noted two of our four two-word phrases. They said, they spake, and now he took. Dear friends, when they said and they spake, please notice the response of the jailer and his family. In verse 33, the Bible says, And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway or immediately. Dear friends, he washed, and then he was washed through baptism. Notice, if you will, the comparison and the closeness of belief and repentance and confession along with baptism from the Scriptures. For example, believe, 
How about Mark 16, 16? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That little word and joins the words together to make the belief important and the baptism important. What about repentance? Did we not notice moments ago from the Scripture in Acts 2 and verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost? What about confession? Moments ago we looked at the confession that Philip made when he said, or rather the eunuch said, because Philip told him, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. Thou mayest what? Be baptized. For in verse 36, the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Do you suppose that from teaching about Christ from Isaiah the 53rd chapter, we should say, that Philip had instructed something about baptism to that eunuch? Well, there's no doubt, my friends, how would he have asked otherwise? And if he taught concerning Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord, he would have to instruct of the importance of baptism. And so Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Bible goes on to say that they commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. We mentioned a few moments ago concerning the Apostle Paul when he was Saul. Saul was instructed what he should do. Paul told him, or rather God told Paul in Acts 22.10, to go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. There was no doubt that Paul believed in Christ. He called him Lord. He acknowledged him. And he was a believer in God. But when he told of his account in Acts 22.16, he told of what Ananias said unto him, And now, why tarriest thou? Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Dear friends, this statement is quite telling. It reflects every verse we have studied concerning baptism. That with belief and baptism one is saved, the words of Christ in Mark 16.16. That repentance and baptism would remit sins, the words of Peter, speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through whom Christ would send to guide the apostles into all truth. That's Acts 2.38. Was Peter preaching all truth when he told them what to do on the day of Pentecost? To repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins? Oh, you can guarantee he did. When Philip and taught the eunuch, and the eunuch said, Here's water, what hinders me to be baptized? The eunuch wasn't waiting to get home. The eunuch wasn't delaying anything. He saw the necessity, and he did so. Dear friends, once again, this parallels perfectly with what Ananias told Paul when he was known as Saul. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. And what's the end result? Calling on the name of the Lord. Someone says, you mean that's the meaning of calling on the name of the Lord? Yes, dear friends. Calling on the name of the Lord is obedience to His will. 
on the day of Pentecost, when they received the word of God, and they were baptized, they called on the name of the Lord. And dear friends, that's what we do. When an individual, just like that eunuch, the same hour of the night, based upon his faith and the teaching of the word of the Lord, when he was baptized, he and all his house immediately, he saw that necessity. Notice, dear friends, that he was baptized, he and all his, the same hour of the night. Nobody delayed their obedience. There are many denominational bodies that will accept a confession of faith one week and baptize another week. Dear friends, the New Testament is foreign to that thinking. The same hour of the night he was baptized. Nobody delayed their obedience in the New Testament. On the day of Pentecost, that same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. Same day. In Acts 8 and verse 12, when they learned of the things concerning Christ, and they learned of the preaching of Philip, the Bible says they were baptized, both men and women. The eunuch certainly didn't delay. When he saw water, he asked Philip immediately, What hinders me from being baptized? He wasn't going to wait till he got home before the queen that he would serve. He was not going to wait any longer. He saw the necessity, and he believed, and he was baptized. Dear friends, we also submit to you that one can be added to Christ, and one is placed in Christ when one is baptized. In Galatians 3 and verse 27, along with Romans 6, 4 through 6, we are taught by these scriptures that an individual can only be placed into Christ when one is baptized into Christ. You cannot believe into Christ. You cannot confess into Christ. You cannot repent into Christ. But you can be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and to be added to His church, Acts chapter 2. Dear friends, they said, they spake, and he took them, and he was baptized that night. And now, let's look at our fourth phrase in verse 34. And rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. When he believed in God, he believed in the Lord, he responded in obedience to the word of the Lord, and what it instructed him to do. And then we learn of one who is baptized into Christ, like the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. When they were buried with him in baptism, Paul said to them later in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, If you then be risen with Christ, were they? Yes, they were. They were risen through the operation of God, who hath raised them from the dead, or raised his Son from the dead. Back to Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? Because, dear friends, we have been obedient unto Christ, and we continue to walk that way. In Romans 12 and verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And in Revelation 2 and verse 10, What did Christ say unto his congregation there in Smyrna? Be thou faithful unto death, 
and I will give thee a crown of life. Dear friends, we too can rejoice when we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel according to Romans, as we see in Romans, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans 1.16. The Apostle Paul reminded the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1-4, through 4, of the importance of how the gospel had saved them and wherein they stood, and how the scriptures taught that it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Dear friends, when we are obedient to the gospel message, yes, dear friends, through hearing and understanding God's will for our lives, we believe in the Word of God. When we believe in the Word of God, we believe in Christ, and we are going to respond to His teachings, His teachings of repentance that His apostles carried forth, His teaching of confession, which the apostles taught and others carried forth, and the command of baptism that Jesus himself taught, that we understand its necessity based upon our faith, our repentance, and our confession in Christ. And then when we, as Romans 6, 4 through 6 teaches, when we are raised to walk in a newness of life, dear friends, then we walk a faithful life, a new creation in Christ Jesus, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And then we walk faithful for our Lord, as we noted in Revelation 2 and verse 10, Romans 12 and verse 2, and Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2. We too rejoice when we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dear friends, have you obeyed the gospel of Christ? Would you love to study these matters further and to have an understanding of God's will for your life. Once again, our toll-free number is 1-855-IGH-6988. Call us, and we'll gladly send you a free Bible correspondence course to help you in your search of questions. Or go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us all the information needed that we can send that Bible study to you. A most important question, what must I do to be saved? Thankful we could study it today. I'm Jeff Archie. Join me next time on the International Gospel Hour. Farewell and keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh